0: Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Electrician Success Academy. Really excited to be sharing this episode with you today. Just before we start, I just want to let you guys know we've got an awesome offer where we're giving away one month free Academy Mastermind membership that's on us, $276 worth of value and a one-on-one coaching session valued at $750 to ensure that you have the best year yet. We want to make sure that we help as many people and electricians as possible this year make this an awesome year, less stress, more freedom and bigger amount of growth with a better Game plan and less mistakes. So, if that sounds like something you want to jump onto for a limited time, go to sign up at www.electricians-success-academy.com and use coupon code two zero two one at the sign up process, and you'll get that thousand dollars worth of coaching absolutely free. So, let's get into this one. Thanks so much. I'll see you guys soon.
1: Hey guys, welcome to this episode of Barrels and Business. As always, I'm your host, Jade Green, and my job here is to bring you tangible tips on how you can grow and scale your business so you can spend more time in your wedding and less time in your workwear, and also give you life hacks so that you can be a successful all-round human, not just a successful business person or surfer. Today, I am so excited that I'm joined by Greg Allen. Greg is the founder of the Academy Group, including Electrician Success Academy. They help tradies start, scale, and automate their business. I've been working with Greg in another coaching group, and he is just phenomenal. What they've done with growing their business is amazing, and I just wanted to be able to get him on to share some of that gold with you. Let me tell you a little bit more about Greg, though. He's a world-famous singing electrician. Yep, you heard it right. World-famous singing electrician. He's going to actually tell us how he went from 2,000 subscribers and followers to 300,000. But I think he said now 303,000 because just a minute ago he checked and he was like, wait, we've got 3,000 more people. I'm going to share. I haven't seen it. I'm going to share one of the videos that's taken him to the success in a minute. But not only that, he is a dedicated dad and he's going to talk to us a bit about what it was like going from being an independent solo dude, rocking life by himself to holy shit, I've got two kids and a wife and a business and all this stuff. How you can master that and, and not, uh, not fall flat on your face. How he shares that with his other business owners that he coaches so that they can survive and thrive in all areas of their business. And we're going to have a little touch on, you know, his sporting achievements. He's a swimmer, triathlete, done some ultras, and now he's a budding surfer now that he's moved to the beautiful Byron Bay. Tell me, Greg, did I miss anything?
0: Oh, thanks for the awesome introduction, Jade. It's, uh, it's a great starting point.
1: <laughs> We've got everything. So what should we do? Should we, should we start with a little bit of your singing so that I know what the hell we're talking about? Yeah,
0: well, that's my first business. That's response electricians. I still have that over in Perth. Uh, that's still running operational under management. Uh, so yeah, let's kick it off there.
1: Okay, guys, so if you're tuning in on uh, any of the audio-only podcasts, you might want to flip over to YouTube. Just search the Barrels and Business podcast. We'll pop up so you can see it because I can see that there's a visual here and I think that uh, I think everyone's going to need to see that. Let's have a crack. I'm all alone and I need you now. I but If you're only listening to the audio, you need to see the video right now. We'll put a link in the show notes. (laughs) I'm going to wet myself. Tell
0: me that was
1: you doing a backflip. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, we're back again. Boys! You'll be
0: What are you having today? Mate, you're gonna bloody love this. You get one wheat pick,
1: smear of Vegemite, some Milo, and Tim Tam! Oh! <sighs> what are you having, mate? Ammo. Yeah, <laughs>
0: Oh,
1: wow. <laughs> oh, I think we'll leave it on that one.
0: That, <laughs> yeah, that's <this> <laughs> a bit of a rabbit uh, hole. Goodness. Yeah.
1: That is epic. So <laughs> as you said, you've got you've got your electrician's business uh running under management over in WA. You're living in Byron. Tell me the importance of these videos, how they played a part in your marketing, and just just walk us through oh, how, yeah. you, how you got started with this. And high five on the scene. That's epic.
0: Yeah. Um, so it actually, you know, we've been experimenting with different types of video marketing right from, you know, when video and YouTube was coming out um, you know, being fresh into my trade and starting my own trade business, I was 22 when I started Response Electricians. And I had a real passion early on to build a business to full automation. So, by the time I had kids, I could be there 100% uh, for my family. It was really important to me. Um, and so, you know, I started early on. And because and I was young, I was all like learning from the tech businesses. You know, I was learning from Silicon Valley. I was learning how to automate, build, scale fast. I um, used technology. I was listening to podcasts when no one else was. I was learning a lot through audiobooks. Um and super passionate about business. So um, from an early age, I was just trying things, trying and testing. And if it didn't work, I'd test in a slightly different variation, and then I'll continue to to grow from there. Um, but you know, I started off with superhero videos. Like that was the first thing I was like jump out of the car and I was like, oh, be muscles and I'd do a roll on the floor and pick up my stuff. And I thought that was awesome and spent a heap this of money on like that. sounds like a TikTok. <laughs> my... Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, way before TikTok. And, um, and so, you know, I started to experiment with that and everyone loved it, but it was sort of, it didn't explode. Um, and we tried a bunch of different things like flying into space and uh, different, you know, cinematography that we started to use. And then eventually... Um, we were in the office, we like, Do you know what we should sing? We should just sing a song about some lights. And so we're like, all right, let's sing a song about lights. So I was like, all right, cool. Baby, when the lights go out. And we start like singing <laughs> like that. And I was like, oh, we're doing this right now. Get the green screen up. We're singing this song. Um, and we put it up and it just, it was the first time I experienced viral video. Because it went, we put it up and it was, um, you know, that one there. Uh, within... Three days, we had like thousands of likes, thousands of comments, um, and it just it just got faster and faster and faster. Um, and we're like, "Wow, that was crazy!" So, um, so that was exciting, and it was the first time actual viral video and, and feeling that. Um, so yeah, that's how we first got into the singing side of things. And um, yeah, I think, you know, that "Need You Now" video that that fully exploded everything. It was like fifteen seconds, and it was. That one there, um, we recorded on TikTok and um, I was only using TikTok for like a recording like uh, editor, you know what yeah. I mean, a like video editor. So I would record it on there so it was super easy, you could push the button, you could get some music uh, or you could, it's just super easy to do um, and then I would export it and then I would trim it and then I would put it in Facebook and Instagram and that's where I got my reach. Um, but then. I did that on TikTok, and I think we had fourteen followers on TikTok. And then I jumped back on in the afternoon. That happened at ten o'clock in the morning. Jumped back on at like three o'clock in the afternoon, and we had thirteen thousand followers. I'm like, wow. what? And then all Instagram started going up, so we had like five thousand followers on Instagram, and that was like at thirteen thousand. You know, it was just crazy. So um, yeah, over the next six weeks, there was like people reaching out and and um. I've had like people from America's Got Talent and Britain's Got Talent and just all different like talent shows and reality TV shows reaching out to try and get me on the show, and I nearly went, I nearly went through with one. I caught up with a, a rep and and we talked through it, and I said, "Oh, come on, as long as I can wear my helmet and my response electrician's shirt." She's like, "That's exactly what I want, want you to do." I was like, "All right, cool." <laughs> so that was for America's Got Talent, and then. Um, the reps sort of, I don't know if they got busy, but they, were, they weren't showing up to the meetings. And then, you know, it was just like, you know what? Too busy growing businesses here. So I'm going to get yeah. back to reality.
1: <laughs> real wow. reality.
0: Real, yeah. real
1: reality. That's hilarious. I actually, uh, my team made me pop my TikTok cherry last week. I, ah. uh, I'd been resistant. I hadn't even, I hadn't looked on there. I hadn't been on there. And they were like, no, we need to use it so that we can get some reels up. On Instagram, and like they said, it's got the best editing um, mm. ability to be able to pop it onto reels and things. Um, do yep. you know what it's called? Because I heard with Instagram, Instagram's really not loving if you're sharing a video that's got the TikTok watermark on yeah. it. What is it? Yep. Tick snip or snip tip? Nah, What's snap the thing? tick. Snap tick.
0: Yeah, snap, snap tick. And you can upload it to there and download it. And you can do it all from your phone as well. So if you, you just uh, share the link from TikTok, or copy it, um, and then go over to snaptick paste it in there, push download, ask, ask your download, and then you click up. In the, if you've got an iPhone, you click up in the top right-hand corner in the downloads, and it will pop up the video, and you can save it to your camera roll, and it doesn't have the logos on it. But how awesome. is that? that um, Instagram comes up with reels to compete against TikTok, and then um, <laughs> everyone's just sharing their TikTok videos into reels, and it's like yeah. branding
1: for I was TikTok. like, oh, fail. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it didn't fail. Yeah, didn't think that through. They needed to get their own uh, up-leveled editing software to be able to do it. Um, yeah, yeah. So, obviously, that's awesome. And we see, you know, sometimes it's like people get millions of followers. You've got lots of girls holding coconuts that in their bikinis that have social media followers. How does that actually t- translate for you in terms of a return on investment of time and transferring from having the social media following mm. to actual business for you?
0: Yeah, I think with... Uh, video content, it's it's like, it doesn't take much to do. Like it doesn't really take a lot to do. And if you do a good video and you put it out, the video continues to create brand recognition, especially if you're using advertising money to do the recognition. And I really believe like Facebook, Instagram, even TikTok, depending on your, like we're exploring that at the moment for response electricians to see if it's could be a, I've even played around with their ads. We couldn't get any conversions. Through it yet because too many young kids, I think. But um, but I think you were got to be. I've heard got to be heaps testing. of
1: tradies on there, though. Like I think if you were yeah. using it as a recruitment campaign. Um, yeah, maybe. My, yeah, yeah. My friend, um, her partner, he's uh, in scaffolding, and he's like every tradie. He's like because he was at me. He's like you've got to get on TikTok. Like all of the guys need help, and I'm like, dude, I don't know about this. He's like, no, seriously. At lunchtime, everyone is. Sitting around at Smoko, everyone's on TikTok. So I'm like, <laughs> if if you maybe your client base that needs to hire the electricians aren't there, but if you needed to hire the tradies potentially, yeah. that that could be a campaign.
0: I haven't tested that, and we we run a um a campaign and we teach it in the academy, which is called the Evergreen Hiring Campaign, and it's just a non-stop hiring campaign. We want to keep getting inquiries about joining the team. Because we see so many businesses they'll like they'll get to a point of saturation, like full capacity. I can't handle it anymore. Fuck, I'm so stressed, I can't handle the workload. And they're like, Oh, I've got to hire someone. And so they put an ad up on seat yeah. and they're like and they're pulling at straws. They're like, All right, you'll do, you know, like so they're yeah. choosing someone out of reaction. Yeah. And that emotion as well, anyone will do at that point. So what we yeah. wanna do is create an evergreen campaign where we're constantly hiring. We're pushing traffic to our website, to our, you know, we're creating brand awareness constantly so that tradespeople can see the brand and start to build a relationship with the brand so that when it comes to hiring, you, you've got a database of people who you've already interviewed and you can go, you know what, let's call those three, they were really good when we interviewed them a couple of months ago, see if they're still looking. A lot of the time you can say, hey man, there's not an opportunity right now, but I reckon about a month or two, there's gonna be someone. And um, we actually had, Uh, one of our guys who's joined response and he's our nominee now for uh, over in WA, he he sent through, because we we get people to send through a video. You know, send through a video of yourself talking about why you want to join the company. Now, first of all, that that eliminates anyone that's not confident enough to submit a video. We want confident people that are going to join the team because they're customer facing. We want to make sure Mm. that they're people that can represent the company to the highest level. We need to make sure there's someone who's, who believes in themselves and is able to, you know, uh, even challenge themselves in that situation. Mm. Because if we don't have people joining a company who are willing to challenge themselves, it might be uncomfortable. We get a lot of people that submit videos and they're uncomfortable about submitting a video. But we love it that they did. Because good on you for giving it a go. That's exactly yeah. the attitude we're the attitude. looking for. Yeah. Um, and, you know, once, once the video comes through, um, Mitch sent his video through. And he uh, was so good. Like, like my videos there. He must have seen the videos. He, he sent it through, and he's like, "I'm hey, I'm uh, hey Greg, I'm uh, looking to join the response electricians team. So this is what I want to show you about. This is why I want to join the team." And the light turned on behind him, and then he <gasps> jumped on, and he's he's in front of a campfire, and he's starting a fire, and he made this elaborate video. It's awesome. Um, and then I was like, "Hey, Kirk, we got to hire this guy." How can we hire this guy? It's like, so we, we yeah. weren't ready to hire. We didn't have the space for him. And so we interviewed him um, and we said, Mitch, uh, we, we'd love to have you on the team, man. Like everything that you've shown us so far is great. Your attitude, your smile, your energy is all good. Um, but we just don't have a spot right now. We'll probably have a spot in four weeks. He said, that's fine. I'll keep working for my company. And so he did. And then I reached out in four weeks and said, man, I still don't have a spot. I'm hoping about two weeks. And he's like, yep, two weeks is fine. Uh, two weeks, he put in his notice, he spent two more weeks and we hired him. And what that did is it gave us drive to hire, you know? It's like, all yeah. right, oh, we've got to get this guy on, let's push, 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 let's get him on. Um, and yeah, and it worked out really good. Joined the team, uh, it's been a, a weapon for the team.
1: Yeah, and what's his role within the business now?
0: So he's the electrical nominee in the company, so he's, he signs off all the work in WA. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he's, he's uh, you know, in a leadership role in the in the company now, so that's great.
1: That's amazing. Uh, yeah. What I love there is the the problem most business owners have is they do they wait until someone's just resigned or someone's not turned up to work. They've had to fire someone to start even thinking about their recruitment process, and yeah. not understanding what the actual life cycle is. Like even to get to interview stage in most areas, it's going to take you four weeks now if someone's got a job, they've got notice period. You can't expect them just to walk as well. Mm -hmm. So then you've got that notice period to wait. So you could be anywhere between like, if you're lucky, you might get four weeks, but you could be eight weeks. You could be 12 weeks. If you're hiring a salesperson, the the average time it takes to hire a salesperson just, and that's not even getting them on board is three months. If it's a high level role, it's like it's six months and that means it's 12 months before they're up and running. So the importance yeah. of, of doing this work upfront and building that employer brand. And it's the same as if you're launching a book or a course, like having those raving loyal fans gagging to send you a video when you drop whatever you've got is, is what you want. Because that's the other thing, a lot of people, if you just put an ad up on Seek and you don't have an employer brand and there's 10 other jobs going, Then and it's like, oh, I have to spend time sending a video versus send my resume, you're creating a barrier to entry and you've got no reason for them to go out of their way. The reason why people are willing to get uncomfortable for you is because you've you've made it like, uh, even though this is going to push the edges and I hate being on video, I've never done it before, I'm willing to do it because I'm so enrolled in who these guys are that I'm going to push myself. Like there's got to be a strong why because you don't want someone that's desperate for a job, right? You're not, you don't want someone who's just literally trading time for money. That's not the yep. person you want applying. No. So, no. Yeah, keep going, sorry.
0: Yeah, I was just saying, even with your Seek ads, like, like you were saying, Jade, is if you've got a Seek ad and you've got cons, uh, you're just competing with words with words on Seek, hmm. in, and it's just the same ad as everyone else, like the chances of getting that elite person joining your team is really slim. So you've either yeah. got to really lay out your ad in a way that stands out and attracts that person. Um, and it, the challenge could, it doesn't have to be a video. The challenge could be as simple as like, call me and say hello, like call me and let's have a chat. And if they don't call you, delete the all of the resumes, you know, that have yeah. come through. The, the, the objective here isn't to submit a resume because it's so easy for people to just go, oh yeah, send bulk you know, messages to everyone because yeah. I'm desperate for a job. You want the person that actually reads the ad gets excited by it calls you up and completes the challenge within yeah.
1: your ad uh, so interesting because i literally my group coaching call just taught writing ads for for we call them tours of duty but job descriptions and ha- yeah. the fact that most people forget that it's an advertisement it's not a list of demands chucked up on a board
0: yeah. hoping <laughs> for someone
1: to apply and then wondering why you get shit people right yeah. you, you need to you need to advertise it you need to think about what's in it for them and you need to make sure it's appealing to, to those one percenters because you don't want the 99% that are desperate for a job, a jump and ship for an extra dollar, like mm. they'll apply to everything. It's those, it's those ones that are really choosing because they're wanting to up level. They're the ones you want to get across the line. Yeah. Talk talk me through a little bit more about um, what you do because you said you teach this in, in the Academy for Tradies. What other things do you teach them about building their employer brand so that they've they've got that pool of people to to draw on
0: yeah i think it's really important to build relationships and social media is a place to do that like you're going to get especially if you're you know you don't have to do marketing like us like this is my style this is what i love to do i'm passionate about being an idiot like i love it (laughs) like i love making people smile and and making (laughs) people feel uncomfortable i like that like i was the one that rocked up to a normal like party in a in a suit like (laughs) I was just like, just because everyone would be like, "Oh, this guy's wearing a suit," so like I'll dress up to all the festivals. Like that's just what I like to do. I make make people. This is why you're my people. Yeah. Yeah, This
1: is why you're my (laughs) people. (laughs) But
0: you don't have to do that. Like you can you can do it your style. And I think this is what like a big part of me is help uh, in my teaching is making sure people are being their authentic self. And whatever that is, that was a really hard thing for me to overcome and if you're being your authentic self on social media, you're going to attract people who resonate with you as an individual and that's exactly who you want to attract. You don't want to be someone else or copy a different company and try and be like them when it's not actually you because you're advertising the wrong you to that person and you're attracting a, a type of person that's not resonating with you. So. With my marketing, what I love about it is that like if you're the sort of person that watches the videos, then you're probably someone I don't want to work with, which is great because I don't have to deal with you. You know, it's an excellent filter to get rid of the crap. And I'm not saying crap, but in terms of like us working together in a mutual uh, synergistic relationship, it's probably not going to work. So that's a, a lot of people spend a lot of energy trying to, like serve people who don't resonate and synergize with you as an, with your authentic self. So you try and be someone else and that takes a lot of energy out of you. So you can't get into your flow state oh, because exhausting. you're being someone else. Oh, so hard. Um, and, you know, when we, when we put our authentic self out there, we attract people who love that. We attract people because there's so many people out there and it's, you know, it's such a diverse community uh, of people There's so many opportunities to connect with so many people and get and work and synergize with each other. So, put your authentic self out there, be you 100%. And that's going to encourage, inspire, and want people to work with you. Um, So, whether they want to work with you as a customer, or they want to work with you as an employee, or they want to work with you in a partnership, like that, as long as you're putting your authentic self out, it's probably going to work if they're reaching out to you because you're authentic marketing. So, I think you know, that's a, that's a great way to make sure that you're getting the right people coming in front of you.
1: Awesome. So, if you were thinking about like a traditional trades-based business that's maybe not had the exposure to social media and, and this digital world, they, they've used to, you know, a lot of them get started because they're a great technician that's mm. built a reputation, maybe they've built a bit of a network, they've gone out on their own, they've got a few, bit of a crew going on and they've got all their work through word of mouth up until now. Yep. Where do they get
0: started? On social media. On,
1: on social media or, yeah, venturing out of that yep. traditional oh, just, yeah.
0: yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, there's so many. The thing about word of mouth now is people aren't talking as much as they used to. You know, that's the problem. I, th- I really feel that's, you know, people aren't socializing as much as they used to. They're not catching up as much as they used to. They're not sharing as much as they used to. Um, it's people want to do a renovation and not tell anyone their secrets, you know people want to build a business and not tell anyone how they did it, you know it's like, I, I want to know that I did it and you can't, like it's a real shit attitude but you know what, it's so prevalent in every industry, it's not just trade industries it's prevalent in every industry and it's this pull, tall poppy syndrome shit, mm. which is making people lose confidence in wanting to grow their own business and the thing is This is where I'm so passionate about giving back everything that I've learned to the industry. Firstly, the electrical industry where I grew my electrical business and now moving into the academy group where we're we're gonna be helping other trades this year. Um, I'm really passionate about sharing and encouraging others to share. Not just me sharing, but everyone that comes through our academy, I try and get them to learn and teach them how to share to each other through mastermind programs and opening up and being vulnerable, especially you know, as a man, it's really hard to learn how to become vulnerable. We want to make the outside world seem like everything's okay. Like, how you going, man? Oh yeah, I'm good. Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Every time. Yeah, I'm good. Are you really? No, nah, not really. I'm not good. So, but it's so hard for a man to say I'm not good, you know? Um, and so, you know, coming right back, we we want to build the confidence. If we're going to be going out and, and um Advertising and using new social media and different m- models of marketing and, and attracting business, we want to build a confidence around doing it your way authentically. And do you know if someone says something negative to you on social media, just delete it, just delete it and move on. Um, if that's something you're worried about, because social media is the new word of mouth, you know, that's where people share. That's they're not out as much, they're not at the pub as much, they're not, you know, out and about sharing with friends as much. So we need to create models of marketing that are going to uh, put you in front of people in the way that people are consuming, where their attention is right now. Yeah. So if it's Facebook with your current demographic, then Facebook it is. If it's Instagram, then go there. If it's TikTok, then go there. I think it's really important that we, we identify, firstly, who our target audience is, because a lot of people don't do that. It's like, any work, I'll take it. like. Right what you're setting yourself up to. A lot of, lot of times I see people start their business in an undesirable, you know, um, area that they don't really want to be working in or a servicing or a type of business. But those people share it with their friends who are uh, going to share with more people that you don't want to do work with. And then all of a sudden you've just built this huge shithole. network of people you don't want to work with.
1: Yeah. I literally just had the same situation. I was coaching uh, a guy that's gone out in his own building management business. And had come from doing big commercial projects and really high-end, high-end houses. And, you know, his mate needed a, a small reno done and then another friend needed a small reno done and then it was kind of a, a small knockdown rebuild on a budget and he's like, "Ah, oh, this is not where I want to play. He yeah. took six weeks. We stripped back and went, right, who's the avatar? Who do you want to go after and who's yeah. got that network? And he was like, oh, it's architects. Yeah, if I get in with the architects then they can give me the multiple things. And if I get this type of architect that also does high-end commercial and super high-end houses, then that's, I can build that relationship. And he turned his business around in six weeks. He, he, he was like, okay, we're full for the rest of the year. And we're doing all yeah. of the projects that we're super pumped about doing. And now it's like, okay, bring that team in and let's let's go. So I think that that's a massive, massive point is getting that clarity on, on who we call it the avatar when you're talking proper marketing terms or whatever, but who is your ideal client? Like if you've decided to go into business for yourself, you get to wake up every day and make a fucking choice who you're going to deal with. Yeah. So like, this is your power. Right. And so I, I really want to encourage people to sit down and go, you know, in 12 months time, who am I talking to? Who's the customer that I'm liaising with? Who am I serving? And why am I serving them? And who makes me excited and what type of, uh, work am I working on? And for you guys, it'd be like, what type of buildings are we in? What type mm. of structures are we in? What makes me excited is it just, you know, fixing someone's crappy light in a rental, or is it installing an amazing like sound system network so that this epic house can pump tunes? Like, what's what do you want it to be? How do you how do you help people find that clarity yeah. and 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 figure that out?
0: Yeah, I think it just comes down to firstly identifying who it is that you want to be working with, like you said, the avatar. Um, so if we get clear on the avatar, then you can actually start to focus your energy on it and identify the people you're currently working with who aren't in alignment with that avatar as well. So I've got a challenge for everyone listening. Just go ahead and just list out all of your customers, maybe the you know, the top you know, customers that you're working with and go through and just say, like, give them a rating out of 10. And I, I think you'll go all the way through your customers and you'll be like 10, 8, 6, 6, 4, 3, 5, 5, 2. I, get you, I bet you that 2 and that 3 in that list is causing 80% of your problems. It's causing all of your sleepless nights. They're, they're the ones that are putting all this pressure on you and you're feeling like your whole business is not, yeah, it's not doing well because a few people are saying something negative about it but the best thing about running a business is you can choose to not serve those people anymore. And as soon as you get rid of them, you get this great feeling of like you've lost the baggage and now you're free. And you've also, you, a lot of your time, you know, trying to call these people, deal with the problems, deal with the complaints, you know, trying to help these people that aren't suitable for you, um, who aren't in alignment or synergy with you, That that's causing all of your pain. So if we can mm-hmm. get rid of them, then you've got all this extra energy to put into, and time also to put into getting this more of that avatar um, that you want. So we wanna look at things like location, um, you know, age group, are they male, female, what industries are they in? Like what sort of person do you wanna target? Cause Facebook and Instagram and these uh, new age advertising platforms give you the ability to really tightly target Your avatar. So there's no point targeting 13 year old people if they're not going to buy your product. So there's a great opportunity there for you to just get really clear on who is it that you love serving? Who are these people that you really synergize with? You know, what sort of properties you're working on? Are they builders? What sort of builders? You know, like let's get really clear on where you want to work and let's start to put a game plan in place. To ensure you're moving towards serving more of the people that you love working with and less of the people that you don't.
1: Something that's important there is a lot of times, the I find with trade-based businesses is they focus on just the who's the end user, the end client and so they, their marketing is trying to target say the person who's going to live in the home but really they should be focusing on the builder who's building the home to build the relationship. Can you just talk through your experience in that and how someone figures that piece out and, and where they should actually be focusing on.
0: Yeah, I think um, I think you need to get focused on a certain type of work that you're going to do. So if you're going to focus on builders, then focus on builders. Make sure it's you become the best trade for that builder, you know, and by you really focusing on it, you're going to be able to dial in all of the things that they love and hate and be able to create this is we hear you. These are the things that you don't like about this trade. Um, and this is the solution that we've got for you. So when you're focused, you can do that. When you're not focused and you're serving a few homeowners, some builders, some real estates, some commercial, industrial, like all, this, all the vans and stuff that are out in the road, it's like residential, commercial, industrial, mining, marine, <laughs> like, it's like, man, how big is your team? I hope it's huge because <laughs> to be focused on that, you need multi-layer, siloed management systems. So you know, I think it's better that we just focus on one thing and get it really dialed in and be the best at it. And the only way you're gonna do that is if you focus on it. So what you don't see is Michael Phelps being a good runner. You don't see Michael Phelps being a good cyclist. You don't see any triathlon being the best swimmer, runner or cyclist in the world. And that's because the people that focus on it become the best. So Mm -hmm. the people that are best swimmers in the world just mainly swim they focus on swimming so if you want to be the best trade in your game choose your target audience get really specific on it then understand what all of their pain points are and then create solutions for them because the way that you're going to be the best in the industry for your trade is that you provide the best solutions to all the problems for your client
1: yeah i love it and I think that the biggest problem there is a lot of people get that fear of missing out. And they're like, oh, but I, but I could have that money. I could have that. And so they, they have a problem with saying no. And I've always said that it's the things that you say no to that is where the real power is rather than things you say yes. How do you get someone yeah. to, to go, you know what? I've, I'm gonna say no to that and, and understand that that's the energy that you can redirect.
0: Yeah. I think like we know from working with a hun- hundreds of electricians companies and having their financials in one of our top tier programs, we, we understand from all of the reporting that we've done that sole trader companies, so if you're a sole trade um, company at the moment, it's you, just you in the business, you, with electricians, they run at about 60% efficiency. So on the tools, they're running at about 60% efficiency because they're taking phone calls on the job, they're going to the computer, they're trying to book things in, they're trying to quote while they're at a job. So not only are the, the the work on the job inefficient, but their admin's inefficient, their relationships are inefficient, everything's inefficient because you're not focusing on any one thing at the same time. I think that's one of the biggest challenges as a sole trader, um, you know, and so that's why we wanna be uh, dialing in, um, exactly who our target customer is and even just putting our prices up to, like I was saying with my video marketing, repel people that aren't suitable. One of the big things that we notice is so many people don't understand the cost of operation, so they don't charge enough and we find that lots of people charge even negative profits. So they're going into jobs, giving discounts and actually paying the customer to do their job for them. How crazy is that? Yeah absolutely crazy but it's just because you don't have the transparency or the understanding of how to how to know that Um, and we see people you know yeah
1: yeah I I see that it in so many other service-based businesses as well where people are used to getting a per hour rate when they go into their business they they think oh yeah but I get 50 bucks an hour I get 80 bucks an hour and so you know that's that's just the hourly rate but they don't know understand the back-end business of it and the consequence of taking those jobs that the where those other things are eating into all of your hours that you're not actually being able to trade. And like you say you pick the right avatar, your your amount can go up. And yep. it's it really is. It's those ones that that are depleting, I call them profit killing clients. You gotta get rid like you really yep. need to look at it and go, what's the actual profit in this job? Not what's the what's the quote going out at or what's the dollar value I just need to win something to get dollars in the door. If you go back and look at the profit and the likelihood and you go, holy shit, yeah, it might cost me two grand to do this job, that's yeah. that's just ludicrous. But most people don't look at that level.
0: Yeah. No, that's right. And another thing that people don't see is the time in between jobs. You might be charging $90 an hour or $110 an hour and I know people that charge $150 an hour um, in our academy. So, you know, but... It doesn't, you know, it's not just a matter of just putting your price up for the sake of other people doing it. You've got to understand what your business costs to run you, um, for you. And the other thing is, if you understand that, um, you also understand the inefficiencies in the day, which a lot of people don't see. They don't see the travel between jobs, the trips to the wholesaler, the planning, um, the long lunch breaks, the driving around and doing free quotes and not converting them. Like all of those things are impacting your profitability. Well, so it's pouring we down rain make, and you can't work. Yeah, exactly. And so we've got to understand we need to take the cream jobs, the things that resonate with you and your avatar and not the ones that are distracting you from achieving good conversions. So what we see a lot of is people going and, oh, if I don't take this job now, I'm going to miss out on getting you know, the money. So they go and do a, a little shitty job that's not suited for them, probably at a loss. Um, or at very low profit margins, and then as a result, they're um, not able to react quickly to the quote of the perfect avatar, and they're not able to react quickly. They're not able to go over the house for two days. They don't send through the quote for two more days, and by then they've already gone to someone else. And the people who are good, the good avatars, are the people who go, I don't really care how much it is. Can you just get it done because I like you and your business and the way you've performed? So... And that can come back to the
1: service too, right? So when you were talking before about being better at what you do, that's part of
0: how you charge more.
1: Yeah, like if you're working with a builder or a real estate or something like that, if you if you're known for always having a clean site, for your guys being neat and tidy, not swearing when they're on, and that level is much higher than anyone else, they're not just paying for the you know PowerPoint to be put in. They're they're paying for yeah, like because it saves them time. Like if you think about a site. If if a trade comes in and they leave shit everywhere and they're dangerous and and they bring down the energy or they distract everybody else, that's costing them money. So they'll be willing to pay a little bit more for you to come in because it actually works out cheaper in the end. And smart business people that that you want to deal with understand that because trying to, you know, fix the issues after the fact is is cost and (laughs) profit kills for them and it's stressful. So yeah. You can really build your yeah. brand in that space
0: yeah that's you know exactly what you're talking about there is it's, it's more than just putting the powerpoint it's more than just changing the tap washer you know whatever it is it it comes down to value delivery and value delivery is where you can charge more but you can't charge more if you can't deliver the things that deliver the more value. and things are responsiveness you know ability to do the quote quickly uh friendliness on the phone you know, uh, rocking up and being tidy, um, being polite and helpful and suggesting good things on site. You know, another thing that a lot of tradespeople struggle with is talking about other things they can do when they're there because they don't want to spend this other person's money when they don't see the value. Like if they give you $2,000 and they get $5,000 in value, that's great, that's great. That's a great deal for the customer. It's a great deal for you if you make profit as well. So, you know, the value is all of those other things, and that's how you charge more. But you can't charge more if you're busy on other little jobs just nutting your way along, you know? Like this, mm. we, people, people worry about putting their prices up, but then when they actually do, they realize that this created this space organically. Now they can serve the better customers more often.
1: Yeah, beautiful. Um, so I just want to circle back to something you said earlier, though, about vulnerability, and for like just in the nature of your game and nature of trades, it is a male dominant industry. Um, so, <laughs> um, <laughs> uh. and it and just even on sites, even if even if a female being on site, my dad had the first female apprentice of the year uh, in New South Wales. Amazing. So, and she, you know, she she wasn't going to be vulnerable on site, I can tell you right right now, back in the 80s. Um, yeah. So I, I think that just even in that space, the the thought of being vulnerable is really scary. And so can you talk about, you know, when you first realized why vulnerability is so important and why business owners need to be thinking about how they can embrace this and and how it can actually be their superpower?
0: Yeah. So... Um, I'd like to say that I, well, I, I recognize now that I was, I'm an extremely proud person, especially when I was younger, before I learned how to be vulnerable. Um, so I would, would, wouldn't like to be wrong. Um, I would try oh, and. Is that proud make or sure
1: ego?
0: <laughs> maybe a bit of both. Yeah. So I didn't like to be wrong. Um, I wouldn't battle it. Like I've always been diplomatic about the way that I go around things. And you know, I I read How to Win Friends and Influence People. It's been like a Bible to me from a very young age. So that helped me to communicate better with people. Um, but I'd always, always like to know that I'm doing things right. Um, but then I wouldn't like to know that I've let someone down. So I'd try and do everything I can to fix it rather than accepting that I've just done something wrong. Um, and so it took a lot of work, actually. It took heaps of work to... Want to, uh, to want to accept that there was something wrong within me. So I remember, and you know, it's, there's a lot of stigma around going to psychologists, but you know, I 100% recommend anyone that's struggling out there, who's needing support, to invest in their mind and invest in understanding themselves by going and seeing a psychologist because they are trained to un- help you understand yourself better. And when you understand yourself better, you can perform better. And the thing was, this thing that I had within myself was holding me back from so much. It held me back from being the best husband I could be. It held me back from being the best dad I could be. It held me back from being the best employer that I could be. And it held me back from being the best person I could be for myself. Um, And so a lot of the time that I, I, I was like, I'm not going to see a psychologist. I'm not crazy. I'm not going to see one. Uh, Only crazy people go there. Only crazy people go there. No way I'm going. Um, All the good ones are
1: crazy, you know.
0: Yeah, so I found out. Um, So anyway, (laughs) so went and saw a psychologist uh, and now I've seen multiple ones over the years. This was like probably eight years ago. I saw my first one who started to help me understand and unpack some of the stuff that's going on within myself. Um, It helped me understand how certain things in my childhood have impacted my behavior today. Um, It helped me understand how to manage in tough situations or when I'm stressful. And so it helped me to say that I'm sad. It helped me to say that I'm not okay. It helped me to say that I'm really struggling. I need help. Whereas before I go, nah, I'm all good. I'll sort this out. I'll just work harder. Um, And it came to breaking point for me when, um we you know my whole business life i wanted to build a business so it was fully automated so by the time we had kids uh i was 100 percent there with my family and actually the time when grace my daughter was born that was probably the lowest point in my business we had i don't know 10 staff it was hardly any money in the bank really struggling um and just couldn't, couldn't accept that I'd done something wrong, couldn't accept the situation, um, and dealing with become this really tough time in my business, plus learning what it meant to be a dad and for the first time ever learning how to be a, a partner with my wife because my wife and I were very independent, driven people for our own reasons. Like my wife started a charity. She now has Rise to the Community that creates... Um, clothes in India, in the community, in the charity that she started. um, And they send them to Australia, we pack them, we sell them, and we send all the profits back to the community. So it's a fully self-sustainable community, now not reliant on donations. So she's very uh, philanthropic like that. And I was money hungry. So I wanted to make more money. So um, for the reason that I wanted to be there for my family. But when it came to that point, had grace. I wasn't there with my family. I was so in my head with my business. I was so stressed. I was so stressed that my wife wasn't happy just because she wasn't sleeping. You know, when you have a baby, it's like really tough. Um, And it gets, you know, for me, I remember both of our kids who are now, you know, four and six, they were, you know, for me personally, between that months of 10 months and 18 months was the toughest time for me. That was when... My wife had 10 months of sleep deprivation and, um, and it started all coming out like she was really unhappy just because of not having sleep for that extended period of time. Um, and, it, and it impacted me because I wanted to make sure she's happy. I'm really passionate about making sure she's happy. And what I've also learned is I can't make her happy. That's something that she has to work on herself. But then I'll take it on myself like I've done something wrong um, and I'd work harder and I'd put myself deeper in the hole. Uh, which actually took me further away from my family. So what I used to do, I was in so much pain that I'd get home from work, so exhausted from work, so stressed about the situation as a whole, but I couldn't fucking face like an upset wife and a crying baby. And so I used to drink like to mm-hmm. really heavily to to not be there. Like I was, I wanted my mind to not be in this situation. Um, and it was just, I. That's what brought me to the breaking point where I had to, I had to seek help. I had to seek some support to help me understand what was going on, and um, and I realized at that point that I'd pushed so many. I'm I'm all good. I'm all good. Every time I said that, I was pushing these sad feelings, these angry feelings, these feelings that I'm not okay down deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper, and I just mm-hmm. became this pressure cooker, um, and that. You know that abuse, that 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 distraction, that alcohol, was a way for me to let the steam out, but it didn't fix anything. I was mm. still pushing shit down. Um, I was still saying everything's okay when it's not. And so, you know, I went and worked with a, one of the uh, a, an expert that works with some of the best uh, athletes in the world uh, to help them understand what it's like coming from. You know, gold medal, oh. top of the world to back to reality, back to a normal lifestyle. Um, and I worked really closely on her around understanding my personality type. And I found out I'm number three in the Enneagram. And uh, that's a high performer. And a high performer lives the performance. You know, that, mm-hmm. that every, to everyone else around, I'm sweet. But within myself, I'm putting Call everything on myself.
1: Swanning along. Like just swim oh. along
0: the surface my fucking legs are kicking like crazy and yeah 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 so um you know fucking work hard like people see what's happening on the outside like oh look at these business growing and it's doing this and doing that fucking work my heart out you know like i work as hard as i possibly can all the time and i do it within a you know i've learned now how to schedule time with my family i've learned now how to schedule time with the things that i need cuz often i will push those things i need back or out of my schedule because client would call it up and complain or because I needed to go out and do a quote or because my staff member was about to leave. But what I'd learnt now to live in high performance, to have daily fulfillment, then we need to we need to prioritize those things that are most important. Cause ask yourself this. When when you are busy, what happens to your sleep? What happens to your gym? What happens to your eating? What happens to your relationships? What happens to sex with your partner? What happens to catching up with friends? What happens to surfing? What happens to all the things that you love, you know, makes you feel good? Those things get pushed away. And the thing is, you can't perform at your best when those things are pulled away. You're grumpy, you're shitty, you might be drinking a bit more than normal, which then is very evident to your staff, which is very evident to your clients, and you're actually creating a bad image of yourself and your brand. So what we need to do is prioritize the things that help us live in our peak, which is those things that we love to do. How much better is life going to be if we do those things more often? And focus on those things because by doing that, you're happier, you're more fulfilled, and you are uh, going out and making people want to be around you. That's what attracts your customers. That's what attracts Mm. the staff that want to stay with you because you're in a good mood. You make them feel good. I want to be around you. And so the word of advice I've got for partners or any parents, new parents, you know, I think it's really important not just for yourself to schedule that, but your partner, you have to work together on this. Um, So we used to set up a schedule where I would wake up, my wife would spend the first two hours going doing yoga and gym while I looked after the kids, which was really important to me. And I wouldn't check into work until I went to work. Um, And then I'd, you know, the first thing I'd do after my wife came home and I'd go to work was go and do a me task. I would schedule my first job of the day was to focus on me, whether that was journaling, running, even a walk or a surf or a swim, whatever that is, I wanted to schedule that first because then the rest of the day could do its thing and I'd be okay.
1: Yeah, I love it. Uh, And this is something that you see so, so often. People have bought into the hustle is the new black and wearing sleep deprivation as a badge of honour. And feeling like the only way to be successful is to grind more, when really the majority of the time you need to slow down to speed up. Because, like you said, if you're if you're not filling your own cup, you're not in flow. So you can't pour from an empty cup. And the energy does radiate. And it's it's the when you're at wit's end and you snap at uh, a staff member, and they're like, you know what, I can see ya. I can I'm work somewhere else. I don't need your attitude. Thanks very much. Or mm. you you give a bit of attitude to a client and then you know they could have been someone that is repeat business and you've screwed that up because you're just at that level of mm. breaking point or that energy or you're just you're not going above and beyond because you've got nothing left nothing else left in the tank or yeah. your missus or your partner leaves you because you're not spending any time with them you're drinking too yeah. heavy they don't feel loved and appreciated you're not, they yeah. don't get any help anyway and then that adds yeah. the next level. And then you go into the next cycle of now you're depressed and upset and whatever from that, and it's just a perpetuating cycle. But so many people can't see the light. It's like they're so busy being busy that they're like, yeah, well, that's great for you. You must have had this special thing that allowed you to have that time. What was the special thing? Like how how do you get from being in that shitstorm? How did you get from being in that shitstorm of Mm. breaking point, coming home, drinking to numb? Yeah. What's the steps that you took?
0: Yeah, so great question. And so at that point, at that breaking point for me, um, man, I was in such a low place. Um, I just remember it so vividly. So I started, first of all, I quit drinking. Um, so I didn't drink for four years after that. Um, I started when my son was born at the exact same time I, I had that uh, pressure cooker feeling that my, with my daughter. Um, for two months, and then I quit again. Um, And then I continued not drinking for, like, I still don't like drinking. Um, So, um, well, I do like, I like it, but I don't like the effects of it. So, Mm. it just brings back too many negative feelings. Um, So, the thing for me uh, at that point is I went and seeked help. You know, I went and saw someone um, again, but it was a, a specialist this time in a certain thing. She really helped me understand... That I wasn't okay. I was angry. I was really angry. And the thing was, whenever anyone saw me, like, oh, you're never angry. You know, I just never was to anyone. But I I actually didn't even believe I was angry myself. Like, I didn't Mm. feel angry. But the reason I didn't feel angry is I just push it down and walk off and I'll just deal with it. Yeah. No, just get on with it. Like, whatever. Um, But then I went and saw this lady, Tabitha, and she really helped me. And, um, you know, I remember the first session and we finished it. And she's like, so, Greg, you're really angry. I'm like, no, I'm not angry. She's like, yeah, you are. You're really, really angry. And I'm like, nah, not angry. Anyway. Fuck you, I'm not angry. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> you, so, I'm not angry. <laughs> yeah. No, I, was, I was still at that point was just super, super not angry. Um, to myself, I was lying super to myself. Super in denial. Yeah, super in denial. Oh. Um, and then I went off and I came back after reflecting and doing the exercises, she said, And one of the things she got me to do was called an anger letter. Um, And so she would get me to write. As soon as something happened that made me feel where I'd normally just, fuck, I'll just, no, I'm all good. Like that moment, I'd have to go and write an anger letter. And so the way you start an anger letter is like, dear, whoever it is, fuck you. Do you know what? This is (laughs) fucking bullshit. Fucking blah, blah, blah. And you just spit it out, right? Right, just get angry as on it. Um, And then I'd burn it. um, So you had to burn it or I used Uh to throw it in the bin. So no one could ever see it. It wasn't for anyone but you. Um, And so I finished the anger letter and I started to realize how angry I actually was. Um, And what happened over the next six months was I just started vomiting anger over my wife. (laughs) Like, fuck you for this. I don't get to see my friends anymore, this and that and and I'm so angry. I started getting really angry, like outward. Now for the first time in my whole life, I was like angry, so angry at her because she was obviously the closest person to me and being a high performer, she was my most important audience member. So as much as I was struggling, I couldn't let her know. She was the one I was holding on so much anger to because I couldn't let her know how angry I was. Um, And so for the next six months, you know, she was just she was at a uh, at a wit's end and angry at her. And um, crazy thing was, I was saying stuff that it's like she's new to that. She's like, that was like four years ago. I don't do that anymore. That was four years ago. That was a long time ago. But that was the memory coming up and out. Um, and so, you know, the the anger at her allowed me to release. The pressure finally came out, so I went back to my second session with Tabitha, and it was just like, you know, I'm so angry. Ah! Like, I was just like, she's like, told you, you're angry. I was like, okay, oh, yeah, I'm angry. All right. Um, so I think you know, I think it's really important that we, um, like for me at that point, um, I needed to do something more than just be angry at my wife, which wasn't <laughs> fair on her.
1: were you so now? Wasn't fair on her. You glitched for a second. How much of this anger is just in the letter versus what you're actually saying to her? You still there? Yeah, I got you back.
0: So yeah, so I'd write it in the letter and then because it was on my mind, I'd say it to her. But I wouldn't say it like afterwards, but I'd, I'd wreck the letter. Um, but then I'd, I'd first, for the first time ever, I'm actually writing down how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. like fully, like I'm sad, I'm angry, I'm this, I'm that. And it helped me understand what was happening, you know, why I was doing certain things. Um, and so from that point, I started to journal more often. So i would go and see Tabitha and after that, i would, I would schedule time to go to the cafe and just write everything that I was talking to her about. And that r- helped to consolidate what I've learned. Um, and mm-hmm. I started the practice of journaling every single day. Um, And the journaling every single day of me being 100% authentically honest with myself was the biggest thing that I've ever done in my entire life. Like for me to go, you aren't okay, or you're angry with what that person said, or this makes me sad, or I feel like crying, or, you know, I'm over this shit. Like whatever it is, for me to do that and identify that's the true feeling I'm feeling Now I can fix it. Whereas before, when I said I'm all good, there's no way that's getting fixed. That's just one next, another thing that's just pissing you off that you're burying deep in your body.
1: Do you think that that would be a great first step? Like if someone's so used to not being vulnerable and to like, yeah, outwardly, they're they're the man, they're the the woman, mm -hmm. you know, everything's fine the first step uh, would be being vulnerable with themselves by doing a journaling exercise. And I think uh, I was listening to something of Brene Browns and she's saying that that's one of the hardest places to be vulnerable is actually with yourself and admit to yourself where things are. Do you, what's your thoughts around that?
0: I 100% advocate journaling more than anything. Like if you can't optimize yourself, you can't help anyone else. You know, you've got to be be playing at your best to be able to help and support others in your team, your customers, um, and your family members, and whoever it is, you have to look after you first, because if you don't look after you first, then you're helping them when you're really hurting yourself. Um, And so if you really want to help others, then you've got to focus on yourself. And when it comes to journaling, the most beautiful thing about journaling is it's private to you. So as soon as you realize that no one else is going to see this, and if you want, you can write it and throw it in the bin or throw it, rip it up or burn it. Um, but, you know, just being honest with how you're actually feeling is going to help you go to that next level. You know, it's going to help you realize that you're tired, that this overworking is not working for you. You know, that this, you're not charging enough. Like, you, know, you might be running that script in your head that I've got to charge this, otherwise I won't get any work. But that's your script to yourself. When you write that down in your journal, you go, this is fucking bullshit, maybe I need support. And reaching out to support, we know it in our academy. We help so many many people go to, like, unlock their potential because they learn how to become vulnerable. Um, Mm -hmm. And if you can't be honest with yourself, then you don't need support, you're sweet, you know? I'm all good, I don't need anyone to tell me anything, I'm sweet. But the truth is, maybe not, you know? Yeah. That's the hard thing to overcome. I certainly found it fucking hard.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I find it hard. I, like, I teach all of this stuff. But I, when I came out of my uh, previous business in recruitment, I found I, I used to say that my biggest fear was public writing. And then I even found just writing for for myself was this huge blocker, fear of judgment, just some uh, old shaming um and and speaking being spun over that that I found it really really difficult just to even get words on the page because it was like what does it mean if I write this and how do I deal with that and and that unlocking that that first part just to word vomit something down and realizing mm. that realizing that you can burn that fucking stuff straight yeah. after you've done it um yeah. and then it becomes really empowering and i don't have them on. i usually have them on my desk but to help me i bought um these cards from best self company um and they're they're called wordsmith so every day you can just draw a card and then ask you a question to to journal on Um, and you write
0: on it yeah and and you just
1: you just and then it's kind of like building the, the muscle to do it and you're not thinking and then you're not it, mm. it kind of made it easier for me not to judge myself in terms of, oh, why is that coming up? Oh, book, ah, shit, grab that, stick that over there. We're not dealing with that right now. We've got other stuff to deal with. It's just like yeah. get that practice yeah. and it just made it so much easier to, to get into that flow.
0: Yeah. I listen to and read a lot of Stoic philosophy now as a big part of me evolving into uh, a better understanding of myself um, and having better virtue and, and, you know, growing as a person. Um, And a big part of that was listening to Marcus Mm Aurelius' journal entries called Meditations. It's a book you can get. It's pretty, it's it's written fairly um, technically and obviously it's written from, it's transcribed, uh, sorry, transposed from Latin. So, um, but listening to it and how he journaled to himself, he used to write in third person to himself. Mm. So that's what I've adopted in my journaling is that I write to myself. So I'll say like, What's what's the problem? Question mark. You have been doing this, that, and the other. What's why do you, why are you thinking this? You know, like I I write third person to myself, so I'm coaching myself. I'm really good wow. at coaching others. So what I do is coach myself. So oh, I love yeah. that.
1: And, and that's yeah. probably yeah, that's probably the evolved version of taking the card where it's asking the question and you're you're answering it back. You, um,
0: you ask the question, yeah, and then ah. the the good thing is it's the it takes it away because if you say I'm really struggling, it's harder than saying you really you are really struggling. Um, yeah, it's like you're talking to yourself, and it's I found it super powerful.
1: Wow, I love this for me. I don't know why it was like when flipping in that way, it's like the soul talking to the human, and yes, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, I like that. Um, beautiful. I think I messed your flow by asking you some questions, but you were talking about. Um, the second step of with Tabitha and and how you moved out of this shitstorm.
0: Yeah. So, what I noticed in reflection, because I journal, I can reflect on things now for the first time, um, is I realised that over the six months the uh, of that my my anger letters became more of a realisation that this isn't real, like this isn't a real thing that's happening, and I'd start writing out of anger so the initial trigger would kick in and that would make me feel angry and I'll go I'm going to write an anger letter so I'll go in my room I'm all angry I'll start <laughs> writing it down and then I'll start writing it like a paragraph and two and i would be like hmm isn't real like this is this is me again like this is and then um so this is me triggering on something that was in the past it's not now um and you know w- another big thing that we realized was it's not my wife and it wasn't me, it's the situation a lot of the time. And if you, can, if you can start to realize and ask yourself, what is the situation right now? Like the situation might be, we haven't slept very much lately or we've been moving house or you know, work isn't good at the moment. So you can both focus on something together and, and speak openly about what's in front of you rather than blaming the other person because mm-hmm. it's easy for you to be really stressed internally about your work and then your what and your wife or your your husband will say something to you and you just snap back at them um but the snap isn't because of them it's because of the situation yeah. which is the the A work or whatever the other the actual yeah. problem is yeah it's very rarely the the other person is the problem because even in someone who's not your favorite person in the world they're the way they are because of the, their situation. Mm-hmm. So when we start to understand it's not them, it's their situation, then we stop attacking them or or being angry at that person because they've actually gone through a lot of shit. You know, they might have had a really terrible upbringing that they haven't worked on yet, or they might have just you know broken up with a partner, or they might have you know had this other problem. But we're so quick to judge other people by their mm-hmm. instant action rather than Hmm, I wonder what's happened with them. wonder why they're acting that way. You know, I think if everything gets resolved, that person wouldn't be the way that they are. Anymore. Have you read
1: The Untethered Soul? No, I haven't. Oh, amazing book. Uh, I think I've yeah. spoken about it a bit on these podcasts. But it there's a lot in there about understanding the voices in our head. Like, sorry, people, we all have voices in our head. There's always someone yeah. in there. <laughs> um, but understanding trigger points, like getting cut off in traffic and like, getting road rage but if we can actually then go what was the situation maybe that person was told by their boss that if they were late one more day they're going to get fired and if they get fired they're not going to be able to feed their kids but the reason why they're late is because their baby threw up on them and they had to get changed before they got there and like they just didn't even see you Mm. and then being able to flip that so it's I find that's a really good uh book for being able to look at the root cause and to see things from the other perspective rather situationally rather than um, how someone's behaved is is a huge tool.
0: Yeah, no, I think that's, that's awesome.
1: So once you've started doing the journaling, being bit self-aware, you can reflect and, and look at what was the root cause and maybe then uh, take some responsibility where you may have been at cause as well. Mm. Um, how did you actually start carving back and getting that time to spend some time on yourself
0: yeah uh one word schedule scheduled it in yeah like so many people don't do with so many things so um you know if we schedule that in we schedule that time to journal we schedule that time to read we schedule that time to go for a surf we schedule that time to do the exercise that you love we schedule that time to organized food that's healthy that you know will make you feel good instead of eating shitty food on takeout or whatever, you know, that's if we schedule that in, then that's a block that we don't move. I think that was a really big turning point for me, my wife and our family was having that strict schedule. Because not only did it restrict the amount of work I could do in the day, it also empowered me to create Solutions to the time that I had. So the question became, not what do I have to do, but how do I get what I have to do done in this time period?
1: Because creating expands that time,
0: to yes, suit. exactly. Yeah. So if you're scheduling your guys, if you're you've got employees to a job and you schedule them for three hours and you think it's going to take three hours, how long are they going to take? Three hours. If this exact same job you schedule it for four hours, how long are they going to take? Or, or hours, hours. <laughs>
1: like, especially if they're so, paid by the hour.
0: <laughs> yeah, so so the thing is, we've by we can do this to ourselves as well. We can create time pressure in our own schedules, and it helps us cre- be creative around the way that we execute. Now, if you've only got a short amount of time to do all of your invoicing and quoting and things that you've got to do in the day, get shit done. You do it. You don't go and watch those cat videos that pop up. You all the singing electricians you don't you do get distracted by greg the singing electrician <laughs> you do the invoicing you do the quotes and so you focus so heavily on that task at hand which is great that's exactly how you want to do it and if you can't get it done you can ask yourselves these things with all of the tasks that you got can i delete it is it even important is it something that's in your mind and again we've got to write this stuff down like we teach how to utilize the sun to the max in our academy but if you just write it down on a notepad is as simple as that. Write down everything that you have to do and we need to organise those things. Now, a lot of those things that you've got in your head actually don't even need to get done at all. So we can delete them. That's going to take a lot of pressure yeah. off. The next question you can ask is, can I de- uh, can I delegate it? So if you can delegate it, give it to someone else to do. So an example of this is my ops manager was extremely um, o- overwhelmed, You know, especially as we scaled up. We got like 20 staffing response electricians now um and 35 staff overall across the companies you know it's a there's a lot of people that we've got to manage and a lot of you know pressure built up on this one person that had to do all the invoicing so we started to get our electrician we delegated that task out to our electricians and we used our office um our accounts person to finalize the invoices using a system that enabled them to um be allowed to send it so if they're you know, their billable hours was over actual hours. They were allowed to send it. Um, but if it was, wasn't, it went to the ops manager. Anyway, we created a system that enabled that pressure to be removed. So we delegated it. That's an example. And then the final one, if you can't delete it and you can't delegate it, plan it. Like, when are you going to do it? If you're not going to do it now, when will you do it? Is it tomorrow? Is it next week? The problem is we keep everything in our mind, every single little thing. And by doing that, we are getting so, so overwhelmed. Yeah. And it's, and we feel like every little thing, even like got to get the keys cut as urgent and important tasks, which they're not. Yeah. So by writing everything down, you can start to categorize them. And we use the categorize priority do today, which is urgent and important, and needs to get done today, no matter what, got to get done. Do uh, tomorrow, do this week, do next week, do later. So there's a way you can categorize them. If you're using a task management system, you can obviously filter it out in that order in sections, but it's a great way for you to have visibility um, and just put it into your calendar so it gets done.
1: Yeah, I love that. I, I get my guys to always reflect on what do they keep, delete, and start doing. So yeah. the the delete can be just delete from their schedule, which is also delegate, like how do you delete it, or does it need to go all together? Um, what do you keep doing, and but then how do you optimize that? So it's looking at what efficiencies could be made. If you're keeping it, how do you keep it and do it better? And what do you start doing? What's the innovation that you need to be able to push forward? And doing that at the end of every week and reflecting on the week that was, the the amount of things that you'll find on that task list that are like, that's just sh- shit. Yeah. Like, this is shit that's yeah. been done because we've always done it like that or whatever. Um, I think I've, I've shared this with the podcast crew a few times, but I'm going to put it into the show notes again. Uh, if, if anyone wants a planner for creating the ideal week and getting all these tasks out, grouping the, car, the tasks into energies and then being able to set up your schedule for yourself so you have time, not only time for yourself, time for your family, time for your business and getting that shit done, just go to barrelsandbusiness.com forward slash ideal and there's like a little mini training and a template for you to do that because I think that... That piece is so, so important, Greg. Like, you've got to fill your own cup. You've got to make the time. And people say, I'm busy. I don't have time. There's no extra hours in the day. It's like, dude, you just watched how many minutes of YouTube? Like, if you look at your phone, what was your screen time? How much time did you spend scrolling? Yeah. Or how much time did you spend driving to places that you could have called a friend, that you could have listened to a book? Or, you know, you chose to watch something on Netflix when you could have chosen to go to the gym. Like there, yep. you can, there's time that you can redirect. Um now not saying that you shouldn't have your downtime of binge watching Netflix if that's what you need to shut down, but it's your choice and it's about taking that, that power back and, and thinking about how you can utilize that time to, to focus on you and, and where are the efficiencies in the day. Like if you're scheduling a job, you probably, if you're good at scheduling, you're scheduling all your guys, you've got all your stuff, like treat yourself as a job. Treat yourself as yes. that project. 100%. Um, what else do you want to share about getting into peak performance mode? Because I know, I think you said you did a big training session on this just recently, right?
0: Yeah. Um, so it's all around prioritizing you, like, and your life. So it's it all comes down to schedule, like controlling your schedule, controlling your calendar, which is what I mean by this, uh, that people that didn't use that word and controlling your tasks that you have to do in that manner we just talked about before. So what we um, have taught a lot of people, which has helped so many people and changed lives, is to have a on a switch and an off switch for the day. And the way that we do an on and off switch is, we use Asana like I was saying, at the end of your work day, brain dump everything that you've got on your mind in there. If you haven't been doing it throughout the day, because you can push and hold or you can use siri to put it in there get everything out of your mind you want to clear your mind so that when you turn off for the day whether that's to go to the gym or to spend time with your family and your kids make sure you do that because if you don't do that you can be physically there with your family you can be physically there at the gym but you're not actually there There. in your mind like you're still thinking oh shit i've got to do that quote or i've got to do this i've got to do that that's because you haven't emptied your brain So at the end of the day, we want to off switch by dumping your brain, all of the things on it. And there's a thing that I call rinsing, which is to go your emails, clear your emails. Amount of you that have got like thousands of emails in your inbox, we want to clear them out. (laughs) We wanna They're just anxiety
1: causing. Yeah, yeah. seeing them there.
0: Imagine having it's called a zero inbox if you wanna check it out. You can find it on YouTube how to do it. But um clear that out, put that into your tasks, then go to your job management system or your, you know, operation system and go through that and put all the tasks in there. And then ask yourself all of those types of tasks that you got to do. Is there any accounts that I've got to pay? Is there any people that I've got to call? Is there any invoices I've got to do? Put all them down, put everything down. It might be a huge list, but at least it's not in your brain. And then you can switch off and trust that like that's there tomorrow. The it's defragging, yeah. Yeah. And um, And then you know, you can trust that tomorrow when you switch back on, Whatever time that is, if you wake up and you want to go to the gym, don't check in to work. Go to the gym, be at the gym, do good at the gym, be efficient at the gym and, and get that workout that's going to make you feel good. If it's spend time with your kids like my one was and is to make sure that you are spending time with them and not at work.
1: Yeah, and, and you're not on you, your phone. And-
0: not on your phone, yeah. Don't tune yeah. in yet. As soon as you pick that phone up, you're, you're on because as a business owner, as soon as you check one thing, leads to the next thing, leads to the next thing, oh, I wonder how my ads are going, I wonder how this is going, I wonder how this is going, I'll check my emails, I'll check this, I'll check that, oh. And by doing that, there's a problem here, the problem there, there's a problem here, there's a problem there, all the of a sudden you're overwhelmed. The energy. Yeah.
1: that's radiating yeah. out onto your children, like that's a huge yeah. thing that i found, like the minute that you enter that, kids can read it a mile away, they can sense it, they can, the vibration, yeah. and you're also telling your kids that this is more important you yep. either though i'm here i'm actually just being a babysitter for you right now yep.
0: yeah yeah 100 percent it is and so we need to be we need to trust that everything that we've got to do is here and everything that comes in between can wait until you turn on because if you turn on when you're obligated to do something like look after the kids then your mind will be there on the the job not on the looking after the kids so Don't tune in, don't turn on until you're ready to go to work and get that work done. Because if if you're at work and you check your Asana or your task management system and you turn on the switch, then you can fix the problem. It's not like it's going to distract you from anything because you're there to focus and get it done. You can prioritize your tasks and get them done. But I highly recommend do everything you can, especially if you're stressed and overwhelmed right now, is to don't check in, you know, especially if you're overwhelmed. So. Make sure those times for you are, are you times, not everyone else. If you're checking into email and doing other things, you're still doing everyone else's tasks. So just focus, turn everything off or just have it on airplay mode or just don't check in and trust that that system of turning off and dump brain dumping and turning on and checking your brain dump from the night before is available for you. That's a really powerful tool that you can use to make sure you get the time.
1: I love it. I love it. Um, so, just talking again from transitioning from being an independent to now having a big, having a family and kids and things like that. What's some of your other tips for um, either new parents or, or or new business owners that have kids? Like, how do you?
0: Yeah. Cool. Um, so, for me, like like I was saying earlier, it was we live very independent lives my wife and I, we, had, we were very passionate in our own things, and so when we had our daughter, for the first time ever, we were—we had a dependent, our daughter, and we had to look after her, and we had to work together to look after her, so we had to make sure that my wife was getting the time that she needed, and had to make sure that I had the time that I needed for me, not for work, um, and we needed to make sure that we both, fulfilled in that otherwise and it's going to be hard you know like having a new kid is fucking hard actually from for me it was anyway and and it's and you know it's a really I haven't time. met anyone
1: yet that's gone you know what having our first kid was so easy like, it was
0: just a breeze
1: Nah, no, I haven't heard that
0: yeah yeah and I think the biggest the biggest thing to overcome is the difference in the relationship between the two individuals you know the parents Um, And having to really work together, Um, I see a couple of couples that already were doing that before having kids. It's a lot easier for them to do it, but when you add that, learning how to become a proper partnership and work together, because I see so many families where the man will just do whatever he wants and the wife doesn't really have a choice because the income maker or vice versa. Like it's it's you know it's we've got to work as a partnership because if the partner's not happy that's going to feed back on you and it's going to either cause guilt or problems or, you know, maybe your anger anger and all these other things. Um, And for me, it's really important, you know, that we uh, work together and get through this together, even though we might be working at suboptimal levels. Mm. But at least it's not like this, like Mm. someone's super high and fine because I get to do whatever I want and the other person's absolutely wrecked. So I think trying to work out that equilibrium which is we're both struggling but it's you know it's not as bad as it would be for one of us if one of us was taking advantage of the situation or whatever it is
1: yeah what i found um work with a couple of my clients really well is they do the ideal week planner together so they haven't they have their basic one that that's you know the baseline that they try to work with but every sunday night they sit down as as a team and go right what's your week like what energy level do you have where are you at like, does someone need to pick one up or the other one up? And they make the plan together. So there's open communication around how they're feeling or the stress levels or, you know, I need a little bit more me time this week because I'm falling flat or I need yeah. to be able to do this. And then and then that, that opens up those lines of communication and really helps them move forward as a unit and then stops that, oh, pissed off if I can't do this because, um, because there's more mm. connection around that. What do yeah. you What do? you do? Yeah, sorry,
0: go. I was just saying 100%. Yeah, you've got to do yeah. it together um, because otherwise one person will think that they need this and the other person needs completely the opposite and they're pulling against each other where open communication would solve that problem, mm-hmm. um, especially when it comes to we do a lot of goal setting um, and vision planning and stuff like that in our academy as well where we, we want to make sure that the business, Like I've got a story where we set we set up this five year future set journal entry for our guys. We say, go ahead, write your future, what you're gonna be doing, what does your life look like? Five years time, absolute dream come true, write it down. And we had one of our clients come back and he goes, man, I'm so excited, I'm gonna be doing this, 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 and I'm gonna have this. And I'm pumped, like so excited. I'm like, man, have you talked to your wife about that? He's like, nah. I was like, I think you Might should go and talk to her. Yeah, and then I just had a feeling. Cause I knew his, I knew about his wife and all that, and he, so he went off. And the next day, shot me a message like, "Man, I had the biggest fight with my wife last night." Um, I was like, "Man, just sit down together and do it together." And they did it together, and there was compromises, <laughs> but at least they were both synergizing on the future that they both were heading towards. You know, yeah. For, rather than pulling apart from each other.
1: I um, I've been doing the the future visioning exercise for a really long time in a lot of different communities as well and this is something i've seen has been a huge uh could be a huge problem in relationships because especially if one is predominantly a uh, caregiver and the other one is a business owner they go and set their vision they don't communicate it at all and they're going hammer and tongs at it at all costs this person has no idea and it's not the journey they wanted to be on in the first place and they don't even know what the friction is. This person's getting pissed off because they're not helping or they don't understand why they've got to work so hard and it just turns into a disaster. Yeah. So I think that yeah. that importance of doing this stuff together and getting the family unit working, <laughs> rowing, you know, our coach talks about getting the boats going in, in the right direction, right? Like getting getting the family mm-hmm. boat unit all rowing in the right direction rather than you've got someone with an anchor down, you've got someone going another direction, it's just it caused so much disharmony and in the end, it's what we see a lot of, why a lot of relationships break down right?
0: Yeah, it it reminds me of uh, an experience I had feeling like I needed to keep building the business more and more and more Um, and I opened up about it to my wife and she's like, it doesn't matter like it doesn't matter if nothing else changes and then reading Stoicism as well and being okay with the present moment as it is and the way that I changed the script for myself because I was like, I need more because by having more, we live a better life. But the moment, it was like instant. The moment I said, if I have no growth from now, like we just have the same amount of profit, we live the exact same life, I have my two kids, I've got my wife, I've got my friends and we live the exact same life we live today forever then i'd be happy hmm. and this the moment i decided that within myself the choice there it was like instant relief it just all of a sudden melted away like and then the crazy thing was after that moment everything just exploded like i'd become so content with my life that i became relaxed and i became more approachable and i became a better you know server to my clients and my employees and i was just better in general to everyone around me, and everything exploded and I didn't even try. So, you know, that, that contentment within yourself around your effort and to know that you're doing the best you can, as long as you know you're doing the best you can, don't focus on the things you can't change. Because so many people focus on, oh, it's the weather shit, I feel bad because the weather's shit. Like, you can't change the weather. Like, that's your choice. Yeah. So we need to focus on the things we can change, not the things that we can't change. And if your situation, like coming back to when we're talking about it's not you, it's not me, it's the situation. If the situation is you've got a baby right now and you can't change, you can't just throw the baby out. If you've got a baby, that's the situation. So work around the situation. You can't change mm-hmm. that. Don't get angry at that. Work around that situation. So what can you do to, to do the best you can or just know that you're doing the best you can in the situation you're in.
1: Yeah, I love that. But I think the, the biggest difference there is if, if you're into energies and things, you stopped coming from a scarcity energy and therefore you're probably not making desperation calls, you're not being busy, being busy because you think that that's what you need to do to get ahead when you're coming from that place of actually abundance and not, not just the wanting, that energy then radiates out of you and you're able to actually call in far more of that, right? So when we have gratitude mm-hmm. and we we we're looking for the positives we see more positives and that then attracts people to you like you said better customers better staff better um situations and your friends rise and then that that everyone just starts stepping up and that's when it you know that's when it starts pouring all of the good stuff instead of pouring all the shit because what you think you attract right
0: yeah yeah i think um by finding that you know that appreciation in the present moment, like a, a, lot of the time you take things that you have today for granted. And a good way to, really get yourself to feel, when you get used to journaling, a great thing that you can do is a thing called it's a stoic practice, and it's called negative visualization. I don't know if you've heard of this. It's like fear if you setting. It's
1: like
0: a-, a situation. Sort of, yeah. So it's it's actually like, exp- envisioning. The worst-case scenario happening, or even something happening around someone you're not appreciating right now. So, for instance, you might not be appreciating your wife right now for whatever reason. What you could do is you could sit down and write about her dying tomorrow, being hit by a car and dying. And you can you can write as if it's happened and feel what you feel, and it completely changes the way that you feel about that now. It's not no longer relevant. Like the impact that that has on you, your life, all of a sudden you think you got it hard now, you're a single dad or a single mum trying to run the business, you know, your whole situation changes. And by you going there, a lot of people don't want to go there. I'm scared, I don't want to think about that. I just yeah. won't, I'll just ignore it. But if we can actually go there and think about that, the appreciation that you get for your friends, your family, your pets, your kids, your house, the house that it is now, not the house that you wish you lived in, you know? What if you didn't live in a house? Like that's the difference. What if, you're, you know, what if you had an accident, didn't have any insurance and then you had to sell the house and you had to live back with your parents? Like is that something that you wanna do? Like what would that feel like, like to go there? So go those hard places by neg- negatively uh, visualizing the things that you're, you're not feeling appreciative towards at the moment. And I think it will change your tune.
1: Oh, 100%. It gives you so much more gratitude for where you're at. And sometimes when you do it as well, you realize that the situation wouldn't be that bad. So if the, the example you gave is really bad, but if it was a business thing, like if you lost that client or you said no to it, what what's the worst case scenario? And when you realize that, you know, maybe not someone's going to die from it, then you can start reframing and looking at how you redirect the energies. So... I love that exercise. Yeah. And I love the, it, it's very closely linked to Tim Ferriss's fear setting. Um, yeah. Uh, exercise as well.
0: Yeah. The TED video, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. think uh, the, the thing is though, like it's usually works, not the problem. Usually work is our focus and that's where the the things we're neglecting because of work is the things we need to do that negative visualization around because mm-hmm. they're the things that, when you do that, all of a sudden, work's not important anymore. All of a sudden, you're going to make time. All of a sudden, you want to use your legs. Because if you you imagine, like, you're, you know, hurting your legs and you can't walk anymore, you Mm. know, those are the sort of things we can really start to open up, you know, especially, like, it's the the case of necessity. You hear this story, like, my my colleague Kirk always talks about the necessity uh, angle where it's like, You hear about the smoker that, you know, is smoked their whole life. They want to quit. They know it's not good for them, but then they they smoke for 40 years and then they go to the doctor and they find out they got cancer and they quit that day. So it's necessity now. So you can create necessity by visualizing you having, if you're smoking now, imagine yourself having cancer today and would you keep smoking? That's the question. Like. It's up to you. But, like, you can do this exercise to really bring yourself into, oh, fuck. Like, a lot of people just don't go there.
1: Yeah. Is there a tool that you can direct people to 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 be able to do that exercise properly? Is there a book or a... um...
0: Just just write um, negative visualisation stoic or stoicism into Google. And I'm sure there'll be plenty of stuff in there about it.
1: Beautiful. I'll get my team to find a couple of links and drop it into the show notes as well. Thank cool. you. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to just do a couple of rapid fire questions to, to bring us home. Um, can you tell me the book that you would that you most recommend or give as a gift and why?
0: I've got a couple. Um, how to Influence and Influence People to Help You Become a Better Communicator uh, and to Learn How to Listen. And when you can listen you can solve the problems of the person that you're uh, trying to help. So a lot of the time we go in and we try and fix a problem that's not actually a problem. <laughs> so we, in that book, you learn how to ask the questions um, that will, you know, you ask a lot of questions first and that's going to enable you to hear the problems uh, and then you, whether it's to make a sale, for instance, if you go into a, a business meeting for a new client, you might walk in. Here's two scenarios. You walk in. First scenario. So um, tell us about your business. Yeah. All right. Well, we, um, you know, fast. We we charge cheap. We do this. We do this. We do this to do this. And that customer goes, Oh yeah, cool. Well, our electrician or our plumber already does that. You know. Um, and so they they're not impressed by you. But if you if you sat down, here's the second scenario. You sit down and they go. Oh, so tell us about your business. Yeah, I'd love to. First, I'd love to hear about you guys. So what are you finding are the biggest challenges at the moment with your tradespeople? Um, this, this, and this. Okay, and why is that such a frustration for you? Oh, because of this, because of this, and because of this. All right, well, the great thing is, our team does this, 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 in this way, so that you won't have that problem anymore. Oh, great, great solution. So we're, we're able to go in with the exact information that in, you can tailor your pitch around what they actually need rather than you just going in and talking all the time it's a great tool for being better friends better partner better parent uh, highly recommend that book it's my bible uh, the yeah. other one I'd recommend is Ego is the Enemy huh. um, so yeah by um, Ryan oh, Holiday Ryan Holiday yeah sorry yeah. mind blank um, so Ego is the Enemy was came at that time when I was really struggling um, and I was reading that and introduced me to stoicism. So it's a great introductory path, but I learned that ego isn't being like, hey, look at me, I'm the fucking best. Like that's what I thought ego was. Ego is just your self-talk. Ego is just what you think of yourself, you know? And so when we start to understand that we potentially are lying to ourselves and we need to open up and be honest and transparent, then that's when we can grow. And so that's why I recommend that book as well
1: beautiful I uh I was going to ask you when you were talking about when you were in your shitstorm if you'd read that book because that was a book that my friend pretty much threw at me when I was in my own burnout shitstorm and was keeping my recruitment firm and my life in Sydney just out of stubbornness really and he's like you're keeping it out of ego you're doing this out of ego and I'm like, yeah. no, because it's going to be this, this, and this. And he's like, no, you've, you've cu- tied your whole identity to this and it's destroying me. Just don't even talk to me until you've read this book. Ended yeah. up in the, like sitting on the floor, <laughs> snot pouring out of my nose, like complete meltdown. I'm <laughs> going, yeah. ah. And then the next book you pick up is Obstacle is Away. Yep.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the next one. And I'm yeah. just reading, yeah, Stillness is Key at the moment. So I'm. Um, ah,
1: I've started that. I've just started that as well. So. Yeah. Yeah, There's an app you can get
0: for, uh, there's a book, uh, an app, sorry, called The Daily Stoic. Um, Oh, really? Yeah, and he's got a podcast now. He reads The Daily Stoic every day. It's only like three minutes a day. Yes. It's like a three-minute extract from the book every day. Um, So it's The Daily Stoic podcast or there's an app that has it as well. And there's actually a Daily Stoic journal you can do on your phone. Now, if you wanted to just get amongst that.
1: Oh, man, I'm going to get that because my friends came here the other day and Andrew, my friend, he's always had the daily show with him. But Jenny turned up with the book and I'm like, I've been getting called. So this is just my anchor because I don't like having the physical books with me all the time. That's I'm going to get the app for sure. Uh, oh. Okay, cool. So now just a quick surfing question. I know you're a learning surfer. What are you yeah. writing and what, are you, what has been your challenges with becoming a surfer?
0: Yeah, so I'm riding a, a nine eight Mao because um, over be here in Byron. Yeah. <laughs> um, so over here it's um, some really long waves. They're really, really long. You can ride them for ages over here. So um, it's a great place to start. Everyone that's local here, it's the surfer recommends starting with that and then coming down to a smaller board. Um, I've sort of uh, played around with some smaller boards as well. Just um, you know, standing up and going out to, like, broken head and getting smashed. And I sort of – I really enjoy being dunked, like being held underwater in the wave and just letting loose and relaxing and letting the wave take me until I could come up for a breath, Um, which, you know, I'm doing a lot around breath work at the moment, which has been, man, just mind-blowing, the stuff that I've been learning around that. If you want a good book to read, which will blow your mind – Breathe and The Oxygen Advantage. Those two books, yeah, check them out. They're like, wow, mind-blowing. But anyway, um, so I think with the surfing, um, yeah, uh, I think the best thing is just consistency and going out. I, I remember just not being able to stand up very well, not being able to stand up, not being able to stand up, not being able to stand up, and then one day it was just like, boom, I'm up. Like, oh, I've got this now all of a sudden. Um, so I think it's just consistency and, and giving it your best shot and I'm no, nowhere near any good, but I'm going to keep practicing and hopefully I get better over time. What do you think,
1: what, what do you think was the, the thing that made the difference that day when it was like, oh, all of a sudden I'm up?
0: Um, I think I was just more relaxed, you know, I was just out there to have a swim and I knew I'd just get smashed. I was just ready to be smashed. And. I just wasn't trying so hard and it sort of, you know, I, just, I was just up and riding and I remember that feeling like everyone's probably remembers the first time when they cut across the front of the wave and you're riding and the wave's crashing right there and I felt that and I was like, oh, I'm in. Like, I'm the, in. The
1: stoke, the stoke. Yeah. Um, oh the, my re- God. the reason shuckers. why I asked that question. Yeah, shuckers. Um, I, the reason why I asked that is because that's pretty much the number one thing for most people learning to surf or trying to get better is you're trying so fucking hard and th- this yeah. can go for everything, right? Mo- motto for yeah. life. Trying so hard and you focus on the end result and not in the fun of doing it and releasing mm-hmm. and being in flow and the minute that you do, everything changes. Like, my <laughs> my surf coach that I got um, coached just recently is like, oh, it's fucking painful. I can see your brain thinking and it's like, I don't know what happened. I could surf before I came to you, now I suck. And he's like, I can (laughs) literally see your brain clunk, clunk, clunk. He's like, do you know when you surf the best? Every time you surf the best is at the end of the wave when you've given up. He's like, just go out there and give up, would you?
0: And he's like, you're
1: just just (laughs) so more relaxed. And then he said, actually, before we go out every session, I want you to stand on the beach and set the intention that you're just there to have fun. You're not there to get better. You're not there to do this certain thing. You're there to have fun. And (laughs) they've got footage of the two hours and the first hour is like painful to watch. They've got bloopers of me doing a somersault over the end of the board. I just suck balls. And then and then, all of a sudden I'm like doing floaters. It's it's ridiculous. So I think that that's a really important lesson um, that people can apply to a lot of areas of their life. It's like, okay, what's... What's holding you back? Are you just too much in your head? Are you focused on the end result? And what can you do to have a little bit more fun with it? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Do you have any other parting words of wisdom that you'd like to leave with the listeners or any way you'd like to direct them and and, or any way you'd like to direct them to consume more of you, connect with you?
0: Sure. Um, I'd like to just encourage you guys to, you know, really set out that future for yourself like i see you know like jay was talking about that future set journal or that future vision really get clear on what that looks like because that's going to give you the energy um and help you reverse engineer what needs to get done to get there um remember there's not no point getting there if you destroy your relationships and all the things you love on the journey so focus on you on the yeah just get clear on what that looks like and then focus on you and it will just happen so naturally You know, the sooner that you focus on, you know, optimizing your health, uh, your well-being and your relationships, the better that you're going to grow to that vision anyway. So I really encourage you guys to do that. Um, And in terms of listening to more, I've got the Greg Allen podcast. You can go over and check that out. Um, Share a lot of vulnerability in there and and how to uh, understand business principles and different things. Um, Apart from that, if you're a tradie or if you're especially if you're an electrician, uh, there's the uh, the electrician Success Academy uh, you can head over there uh, we now you know have helped over thousands of electricians around the world build start scale their businesses and automate uh, to you know full automation where you don't have to work anymore so I'd love to be in touch if you guys want to join there's like thirty day uh, on us at the moment and you get a free coaching session at the value of seven hundred and fifty dollars uh, so Is that make in sure Facebook? you go on to- Yeah, you can go to Facebook. Go to website. It's uh, electricians-success-academy.com, and you can claim that for a limited time if you listen to this recently. Uh, I'll um,
1: I'll pop the links in the show notes for everyone as well. So, um, yeah, don't worry about that. But if you are in there, the reason why I ended up with Greg on the show today is we're in a coaching program together, and I was looking for some help and he would just freely jumped on a call with me, talked me through how he's working with his members, creating Facebook groups and doing things. He just absolutely wants to see people win. So jump over onto the Greg Allen podcast, check out some of his stuff because yeah, he's good at humaning and I I know that he will share his wisdom with you and help us all rise. Awesome.
0: Cool. If you want to have a good laugh, head over to any social media or YouTube response electricians. where we uh, pull the piss out of ourselves and have a good time.
1: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being vulnerable today, sharing your tips and uh, really just being you, mate. And we'll see you over on all the socials
0: been amazing. Thanks Jade. Thanks everyone. Have a good day.
1: Hey there barrel chasing business owners. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the show. What I would love for you to do if you feel like you got any value or entertainment out of this episode at all is to leave us a five star review and comment below so that we can share the message and impact as many business owners like you as possible. Thanks.
0: I just want to let you guys know we've got an awesome offer where we're giving away one month free Academy Mastermind membership that's on us, $276 worth of value and a one-on-one coaching session valued at $750 to ensure that you have the best year yet. We want to make sure that we help as many people and electricians as possible this year make this an awesome year, less stress, more freedom and bigger amount of growth with a better game plan and less mistakes. So if that sounds like something you want to jump onto for a limited time, go to sign up at www www.electricians-success-academy.com and use coupon code 2021 at the sign up process and you'll get that thousand dollars worth of coaching absolutely free thanks so much i'll see you guys soon